welcome to the Faith and Belief Forum podcast. We work towards a society with strong interfaith relations where difference is celebrated. Join us as we delve into questions of faith, belief, identity and more with fascinating guests from diverse communities and organisations across society. I'm Philip Ebring, Communications Manager at the Faith and Belief Forum. This week we are talking to Dr. Jagbir Jyoti Joal, who is a senior lecturer in Sikh studies at the Department of Theology and Religion at the University of Birmingham. We talk to her about the Sikh community in the West Midlands and how they have been coping and adapting to the coronavirus pandemic. We also talk a little bit about uh, what it was like to celebrate uh, Vaisakhi during the COVID-19 crisis and how that was different from other years. We also speak a little bit about faith and climate change and how different faith and belief groups can have a positive impact on environmental issues. Enjoy. My name is Dr. Jagbir Jyoti Joel. I'm a senior lecturer in Sikh studies at the University of Birmingham. I work in the Department of Theology and Religion. My teaching portfolio includes undergraduate teaching, which includes a module on the Sikh faith, but also postgraduate modules on the Sikh faith, alongside a master's by research programme on Sikh studies. Outside of academia, I work within the community and with local community groups on disseminating information about the Sikh faith, Uh, so a lot of kind of the interfaith work. But I also engage with local community groups and Godwaras on best practice, on how they can move relationships with other faiths forward or what they should be doing in terms of improving religious literacy, for example. And alongside that, I kind of advise and feed into government discussions about Sikh community. And uh, when we're not in the middle of a global pandemic, uh, what is life in your community normally like? I I suppose like for uh, any community, you would have uh, young children going to school, you've got the parents in employment, work, you've got the elderly who would be spending a lot of time in the Godwaras. And you've got you would have young people doing a lot of kind of the selfless charitable work in terms of feeding the homeless, etc. So you've got a lot of that kind of activity that would be happening on a day to day routine. Now that we're in a pandemic, I think all that's kind of changed. Life has slowed down. We're all confined to our homes. Godwaras, our places of worship, are closed, and we've had to kind of learn alongside other faith groups how we practice our faith in this current situation but also then how we will help those who are vulnerable or who are in need in a different way from what we're used to in previously so there's been those kinds of change in thinking of how we practice our faith but also doing charitable work i think one of the prime examples is is april is a month for Vasaki at one of our major religious events and normally that involves Nagar Geetans which are processions through city centres and we've not been able to have those this year so we've changed the kind of the physical celebrations into something that's online we've had kind of religious services done via Facebook or streamed on YouTube but also on Sikh TV channels 
to foster that sense of community and religious practice. But we've also had things like virtual Vasakis, where people have been posting on social media, then all dressed up in saffron, orange and blue, the colours that we normally see on the streets um, around this time. Or we've had people hoisting like um, the Sikh flag, the Nishan side, outside their homes. So all sorts of different ways of kind of maintaining that religious identity and practice, but it's in a different way. That's what we're doing at the moment, like all other faiths. And what would you say has been the biggest change since this whole crisis began and the biggest challenge? I, I suppose the biggest change is that sense of community. We have this, within the Sikh faith, there's this concept of Saad Sangat, keeping um, holy congregation and that sense of community. So you would go to the Gurdwara, participate in the congregation, do the seva within, like say, uh, preparing food in the kitchen, etc. That's no longer there, particularly for those who are elderly. And that I think has been the biggest change in the fact that we've had to close our religious places of worship. And that I suppose that has an impact on you in terms of an identity, in terms of that you have this normally, say, for example, when I was at work, when I go to work in the morning before I kind of go into the office, I would have popped through the Gurdwara, just kind of pay my respects and then off to work. You can't do that now because you're confined to your home. That sense of kind of going in, saying hello to one of the aunties or something, it isn't around at the moment. So that is the biggest kind of change, but has a community, and I think has all other faiths communities have done. They've risen to the challenge by then going live via social media, whether it's Zoom, Facebook, or the TV channels that they have to kind of disseminate faith practice, etc. One of the challenges I think also has a faith community we had was making sure that the elderly understood why it was important that they didn't go out, um, but also why we had to close the Godwaras to try and disseminate clearly what were the issues around COVID that meant we had to shut Godwaras, but also why we were asking them to stay at home and not go out on their routine visits to the Godwara or visiting other people. And I think that's a very, uh, that's a cultural shift for the elderly, I think, that they have to kind of adapt to. Do you think it's been particularly challenging for the elderly? I think it has been, um, but I think that's with all, uh, with all communities, in the sense that for the elderly, uh, particularly, with, uh, I, I'm, I'm just focusing on the Sikh community, is that... Um, a lot of the elders would, in the morning, say, for example, if they're living in the extended family, first of all, will drop off children at school. They'll drop the children off, uh, grandchildren off at school, and then they would go to the Godwara. And then they would spend most of the time at the Godwara um, doing seva within there. And then around about 3.30, they would then leave the Godwara to go and pick up the children and go home. So they had that kind of routine a base where they could kind of have that communication and talk to kind of avoid that loneliness. But now what you see is that if they're in extended families, they're with their families and um, they've still got that network around them. But those who don't have their extended families living with them, it's a lot more lonelier. And that, that kind of community conversation, etc., 
is kind of lacking. And I think that's, that is what a lot of the elders would have been kind of missing. But I'm hoping that like the TV channels have uh, risen to the ch- challenge and pro- are providing more these interactive talk shows, etc., where the elderly can kind of phone in, but also trying to get them to think about doing exercise, etc., and engaging with all those stuff. And I'm also hoping that has children of these uh, uh, of the elderly and everything are in more communication with their parents and grandparents and everything. It'd be interesting to hear a little bit more about um, the different ways in which people are managing to stay connected with their faith and connected to their community, I guess, in these challenging circumstances. So you mentioned TV channels and certain online initiatives that have uh, have sprung up. I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about that. Okay, so I suppose as a community, we, we are fortunate that we have, um, I think there are four Sikh channels that are broadcast on Sky. Um, so we have uh, Sikh channel, Sangat channel, Akal channel and KTV. And most families have Sky and most families have access to um, those channels. And there's a resource there to allow people to feel um, part of the community, particularly if there are religious services that are being streamed, etc., and everything, or shown on TV. The other way that what is happening is, but this is more, I think, with the younger community, we're having more educational talks or, or services which are kind of disseminating Sikh theology, history, then performing kirtan, etc., and that's done via, like, say, Zoom or Instagram uh, and Facebook. So you've got that that's happening. And the other way, I suppose, um, a lot of the uh, community is staying, staying in touch and together is normal kind of like the WhatsApp conversations and everything. So those are the kind of the main social media TV routes. And I think also we're uh, lucky as an Indian community, we have the radio channels that are available and which will be covering a lot of the religious stuff, but also will cover general cultural stuff with, with music, etc. And I, I imagine this may have been particularly challenging during Vaisakhi. It'd be interesting to hear a little bit more about what that was like celebrating Vaisakhi during lockdown uh, and some of the maybe initiatives you're aware of that kind of dealt with that but also might be useful use for people who may not be aware to say something about what Vaisakhi is. So Vaisakhi is a day that commemorates um, the founding of the Khalsa, a Sikh order created by Guru Gobind Singh, the 10th Sikh Guru. The formation of the Khalsa provided Sikhs with a unique religious identity. It um, was distinct from Hinduism and Islam and provided a structural framework to allow Sikhs to practice their faith and counter injustice, oppression, and protect religious freedoms. Um, the event was a seminal moment in the history of Punjab and India. Each year, Vasaki is celebrated in April, and what you will normally see within Godwaras, but also in the street processions, the Nagarkirtans, a spectacle of colour, um, saffron orange and um, dark navy blue. But this year that won't be happening and I suppose for Sikhs that was a difficult realisation because participating in the Saad Sangat, um, a holy congregation, and partaking in the seva of the Guru and communion with other Sikhs is a religious imperative and an important institution in the Sikh faith. 
Instead, what we've saw, what has I've mentioned before, what we've seen is that Sikhs have been holding prayers and festivities with it with their own families in their own homes. Um, and Sikh organisations were innovative, using social media and as well as radio and TV to provide events online so that people could come together collectively to celebrate the event. Uh, historically, the first initiation of the Khalsa, a ceremony called Amrit Sanjar, took place in April 1699 at Anandpur. And according to tradition, Guru Gobind Singh appeared at the entrance of his tent on the top of a hill with a karpan in hand, inviting volunteers to offer themselves as a sacrifice for the faith. Um, the first one came forward, was led into the tent, and the crowd was horrified when the Guru emerged with his karpan dripping with blood. In all, five submitted themselves in like fashion, but at the end, all five emerged from the tent, hand in hand with the Guru unharmed. The Guru then prepared Amrit by mixing the sugar crystals um, added by Mata Saibko with water in a steel bowl and stirred it with his karpan. He read the scriptures, anointed the lips, eyes and hair of the five with the Amrit and they each drank from the bowl. Um, and finally, then Guru Gobind Singh himself received initiation at the hands of these five. These five became known as the Panj Biara, the five beloved ones, and formed the nucleus of um, the Khalsa. And today they hold a very special place in Sikh history. The contemporary um, initiation ceremony called the Amrit Sanskar is a formalised reenactment of the, that first ceremony. Um, the receiving of Amrit is done in the presence of the Panj Piyare, who are chosen from amongst the congregation, and the ceremony is performed in front of the Guru Granth Sahib. And once the ceremony has been um, performed, the um, the, the initiates um, adopt the five articles of faith and those five articles of faith are known as um, the Panjikakar, which is the five Ks. And these are five articles of faith whose name in Punjabi begin with K. For example, there is the Gesh, which is the unshorn hair. There is the Kanga, which is a, a wooden comb. Akara, which is a simple steel bracelet, um, like one I've got on, um, and the Kashera, which are the special cotton underwear, and finally the Karpan, which is a short sword. The principles of the faith and other key instructions on how an initiated Sikh must live are imparted to the initiates. For example, principles such as devotion to God, service to humanity, fighting against injustice, and defense of the weak. Um, the adoption of the 5K symbolizes both the embrace of a spiritual shared identity and the restoration of human dignity. So that's very important to note. The principles of the Khalsa have become been central to the Sikh Dharam from the very outset of Guru Nanak's time, um, right through to Guru Gobind Singh. Guru Nanak rejected dogma and actively denounced social and political ills of his time. And Guru Nanak established three core principles of Nam, recitation of God's name, Dan, which is charity and um, noble deeds, and Ishnan, which is purity. And according to him, the Guru's word is active and relevant in spiritual, 
political, economic and social arenas. These uh, values, these principles were embodied and strengthened by the following gu- gurus that came after Guru Nanak. And what we do see is by the time of the sixth guru, Guru Hargobind, he added a kind of a, a militaristic dimension to the Sikh faith because he introduced the concept of um, spiritual authority, which is Biri, as well as worldly and temporal authority, which is Miri. And through this unique model of Saint Soldier, Hargobin sanctified the actions for the protection of the faith, human, human dignity and fight against injustices. And I suppose through then the subsequent institution of the Khalsa, uh, of the Khalsa and um, the establishment of the initiation ceremony, the sixth Guru's um, ideology of um, Miri Piri took concrete form. And Guru, Guru Gobind Singh transformed the individual Sikh into a collective identity. Spiritual authority is uh, vested in the eternal Guru Granth Sahib, the, um, uh, the, uh, the holy book, and temporal authority in the Guru Panth, the community. So that was important um, with reference to what um, Vasaki kind, uh, kind of represents. And I suppose the identity that was given was one which was focused on the restoration of human dignity through the embodiment of values and qualities that make strong leaders and institutions. And I suppose these values were uh, embodied by the first Banj Biare, whose names encompass qualities that a strong leader or institution needs to embody. For example, Bai Daya Singh represents compassion. Uh, Bai Dharam Singh represents righteousness. Um, Bai Himmat Singh uh, represents courage and valor. Bai Mokam Singh represents determination and discipline. And Bai Saib Singh um, means leader. Um, and in, in that sense, what the fifth Panch um, Bihar, Bai Saib Singh, what that kind of represents is the coming together of the first four um, in terms of values, Daya, Dharam, Himmat and Mokam, to kind of highlight that these are the values that make a strong leader. So that that's very important. Um, and I suppose one of the things that we see with reference to what is happening as a result of COVID-19 is that the core values that have been imparted to the community have translated into lived out values. And as we reflect on the revolutionary message of Guru Gobind Singh, uh, and as we remember and celebrate Vasaki, we see how these values are so important today as a result of COVID-19. Um, in terms of leadership and decision making, whether it's by government, or religious communities. And I think one of the one of the most important things that I've uh, seen uh, um, within the community, particularly from the younger generation, is the selfless service that they are doing so that they can help and do their bit uh, in terms of fighting against COVID, in terms of helping the vulnerable and those who may be shielded by government, for example. And what that represents is something of the recognition. There's a that we have a saying that uh, Maniski Jag Sabe Eke Pashanho, which means 
recognize the whole human race as one. Um, and that comes across very strongly in the activities that young Sikhs are involved in, in terms of um, making sure that the elders within the Sikh community are looked after, but also making sure that those who are vulnerable outside of our faith community are also looked after. So th that is something that has um, uh, been important. As a community, um, I think it's very important to note that the community is always engaged in social action in the UK. The theological teaching of Seva, selfless service, um, has always encouraged the notion of big society um, and social engagement. Um, as a result, all Sikh Godwaras and organisations have used this ethical requirement as a means of bolstering local communities through civic engagement, whether it be that inward civic engagement aimed at improving the well-being of the Sikh community or outward civic engagement, service for the good of the wider community. And that's been very prevalent in the current context because we've recently seen this sense of duty and responsibility in abundance um, alongside strong collective leadership, which has inspired Godwaras, uh, Sikh individuals, but also charitable organisations to step up and take responsibility. So, for example, um, there's a Godwara called Guru Manyo Granth Godwara in Slough that has kind of come to the fore, but also organisations and charitable organisations like Nishkam Swat and Midland Lunga Serva. Um, who have risen to the challenge um, to help those who are vulnerable and support key frontline workers at this time. And what is also important, I suppose, to note is that this service um, or seva is performed with Jardi Kala, which translates to mean posit a positive frame of mind. So although we're in a situation which it seems very negative and dire, but as Sikhs, we're embracing positivity so and embracing the qualities and essence of the Khalsa to serve and protect the whole of humanity. And, and do you think that in a crisis situation like, like this one, in a, in a global crisis, in fact, that people's faith in some way become more important to them, I guess, both in terms of possibly providing some solace but also that it, it, it raises questions about how to respond meaningfully as a, as a, as a person of faith in a, in a situation like this. Yes, I suppose um, it might not be for everyone, but I think in a lot of people, it does kind of make you kind of refocus and rethink about um, what is happening, but also the purpose of your life, etc. And as Sikhs, we're supposed to live by these um, three pillars of um, Guru Nanak's teachings of Nam Japa, which is reciting God's name, but also Akirtkar um, not uh, honest labor, but then also Dan, um, uh, which means to do charitable work. And I suppose as um, as a community and at this time of crisis, we've had um, a lot of us would be kind of thinking about those principles and what is it that we need to be doing? 
the quiet, the way that life has kind of, the pace of life has slowed down, has in a sense given us time to reflect, think, maybe turn to prayer um, when we are um, feeling tense or uh, at an ease. But it also makes us think about what kind of charitable work that we can, or what we can do to contribute to society at this time. And that is bringing, and that kind of giving back to society or to the whole of humanity makes us kind of refocused and does kind of make you think about what are the core teachings and values of my faith? What does it say? How do I participate in that conversation and that narrative? And what is it that I need to be doing? It then allows you to kind of go out and practice or live out those values. And I suppose for a lot of the young people, it's allowed them to participate in um, helping feed the vulnerable or do the shopping for those who are in need or who are shielded, etc. So there's that kind of uh, dimension where you turn to faith to try and understand what's happening and what's happening to your life, but also to provide yourself with some some of that calmness that you need. But it also then allows you um, a sense of identity or purpose to kind of try and give back, so that you don't feel not not vulnerable. It's um, so that you feel that you are doing something, that you're not just a watch, a, a watching things happen. So that's one of the uh, one of the things I think that this crisis has shown is that a lot of people have risen to the challenge of kind of helping one another and that has a sense that people turn to their faith to understand what that means but also recognizing that at the end of the day in this kind of crisis we're all one this pandemic isn't discriminating on the basis of race religion or culture etc and that we all need to kind of come together and unite and what are you most proud of about your own community as a community, I think that the most important thing that I am proud about is that we've risen to the challenge of service, seva, in terms of making sure that those who are vulnerable and those who are in need, and I suppose who are weak and vulnerable, are protected. And when I'm talking about protected, I mean in terms of they are protected in the sense that with reference to the elderly, that we as a community, the younger generation are stepping up to the mark and helping make sure that neighbours, relatives, etc. have the food and medicines that they need. They are putting themselves out there to provide a resource those within the community but also outside and I suppose when you've got um, groups like Nishkam Swat or Midlands Lungas Seva doing this but they've always been doing this but it's become more it's become more public now or it's become more prevalent that more and more people are seeing what they do because this is all what we're focused on shines a good light on the community but also kind of highlights the values that has a community seeks embody. And that is, uh, at the end of the day, that service to others, 
and recognizing that um, uh, recognizing that the whole human race is one. Outside of the global pandemic and outside of the coronavirus crisis, what do you think is the biggest or most important issue facing the Sikh community? I think as a community, one of the most pressing things I would say that we need to kind of address, but that I think this is applicable to all faith groups and to people of no faith, is environmental issues. And I suppose why I'm saying that is, um, this pandemic has shown to us what we have done in terms of pollution within the world. For example, um, there was a CNN uh, news report about how from a particular place in Punjab, you could see the Himalayas for the first time in about 10 to 15 years. And I, th there was another image of um, Birmingham where you could see from Smethwick Godwara, so in Smethwick, or uh, so you could see the dome of Smethwick Godwara from Soho Road which is about two, two miles, two, two and a half miles away. So you could see, um, which previously you wouldn't have been able to do. So there is that um, challenge of addressing environmental issues. How do we combat pollution, but also how do we address the uh, climate change? And what do we, as faith, as a community of faith, what do we need to do ourselves to tackle the problem? And I think it's um, something that, for me, has become very prominent with just with the, as a result of this pandemic. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is Mother Earth, and we've got to take responsibility for what we are doing. And what do you think faith groups and faith and belief groups, in particular, can can do to address environmental issues? Is there a way in which they are uniquely well-placed to address some of these issues? And, and um, if so, how? I think as faith groups, we are in a, um, we have that recognition that this earth is for all of us. It's our response uh, as um, individuals on this earth, irrespective of what faith we are, we all have a responsibility towards it. The earth isn't just for the Sikhs or the Hindus or the Muslims, or it's for everybody. And if we are going to protect that natural resource, we then have to work together to try and understand what it is that we need to do to combat pollution, to reduce our carbon footprint, etc. So I think it's a recognition of that responsibility to something that is given to us. We don't own it but we all have a responsibility towards it. And if we have a responsibility towards it, no one faith group has more of a priority over it because the resources are here for all of us. Uh, God hasn't said, right, okay, this is just for uh, uh, Sikhs or this is just for Muslims and everything. It's for the whole of humanity. And has, has, um, through that recognition, we have to work together and we have to have that dialogue and conversation about what do we do. One of the, uh, one of the things that um, I was having a conversation about was Vasaki, the processions through the streets. So you've got uh, the vans, but you've got also the um, food that is distributed. Normally it's distributed in plastic cups, not all, uh, and that is not always recycled, etc. 
So in one sense, we've reduced our carbon footprint by not having these negative feeders this year because the amount of recyclable waste has been kind of reduced and we haven't participated in that. But it's just that kind of way of thinking. What do we do? How do we protect the environment? And, and to think outside of the box, I suppose. Um, and to do that effectively, I think faith groups, we will all have to come together um, to have that conversation. Before we draw this conversation to a close, is there anything that you would like to share that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about yet? Just a couple of things, I suppose, with the pandemic. When you're at home and you watch the news and you see kind of the inspirational stories of people raising money for charity, for example. And I suppose the most prominent one that we can think of at the moment is Captain Tom Moore with raising his mo the money for the NHS. But then you've also got um, an elderly gentleman called Rajinder Singh. Um, he's a 73-year-old. He's known as Skipping Singh, the Skipping Singh, raising money. But then you also see what the young children are doing. I, th I think there was um, a, young, a young little boy called Frank. Um, he's suffering from spina bifida and i think he's raising uh, uh, he's been encouraged by uh, captain moore um so he's doing these walks um and he's raising money as well so you you kind of see how irrespective of age gender or faith people coming together to think about uh, uh, um and to do good for the wider society but one of the most things uh, that has kind of touched me is these um, stories about the doctors who have kind of, uh, uh, and uh, NHS nurses and care workers who have lost their lives as a result of the pandemic, uh, coronavirus. And I, uh, there was one video that I saw of um, a funeral of a young Muslim doctor taking uh, that was going to take place. And what was shown was that the funeral car which had the coffin in was going to go past the hospital that he worked at and it looked when I was watching that video uh, I, I got emotional because it looked as if the whole of the hospital had come out the road was lined with people and then the entrance of that hospital was completely full of people but what what that showed to me was in this at this time race culture or religion doesn't come into it it's that humanity that is the most important thing and remembering at the end of the day that was a person that was a father husband son etc who's lost his life serving and protecting others the kind of selflessness that is coming out of what people are doing to fight coronavirus but also in terms of how we all then react and recognize the service that they have done. And I think that is very important. And that's, uh, that recognition then highlights that, that whole concept of um, recognizing that whole human race is what one. So that's very important. And I think that's what has come to the fore for me the most. This podcast was brought to you by the Faith and Belief Forum. You can find us at faithbeliefforum.org and on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.